Church of the Palms. My name is Shirley Brown, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. O God, you are infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, glorious in holiness, full of love and compassion, abundant in grace and truth. Your works everywhere praise you, and your glory is revealed in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Therefore, we praise you, blessed and holy Trinity, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in the praise of glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. Let us worship God. God is ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. God's mercy is afresh for us every morning. Trusting in that grace, let us pray our confession together. 
Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent. According to your promises, declare to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God loves us, hears our prayers, forgives us from all our sins and shortcomings, and made us anew. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. Let us now affirm our faith together by reciting the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, as forgiven children of God, let us greet one another in Christ's name.
beat you. <laughs> Good morning. We are so grateful to have you here at Church of the Palms and thankful that we could be together as the body of Christ. We are especially glad if you happen to be visiting this area and happen upon us. We're delighted that you're with us. We hope that you will find this to be a place for you to uh, spiritually reside while you're here in Sarasota. We would love for you to incorporate yourself into our life and all the different facets of our life. And our bulletin will include announcements about all sorts of things that are happening in our church's life. We invite you to take the Connect magazine after the service with you and you'll learn even more about Church of the Palms. Today is uh, Boy Scout Sunday. And uh, yeah, let's give them a big round of applause. An important part of our life, our scouts, and we're delighted that they are serving in our midst today. And we encourage you to go find a man in uniform afterwards and say, at a boy. And uh, we're delighted that uh, we get to walk alongside of them uh, in our life together. Uh, several announcements just uh, to call your attention to. If you look in the bulletin, you'll see announcements about a blood drive today. If you'd like to give the gift of life, uh, find the blood mobile out in the church parking lot. We have a new members class today. If you'd like to learn more about membership here at uh, Church of the Palms, we would love to have you come and join us. Uh, even if you're just exploring and wondering about what this church is all about, come and join us over next door in the chapel. We'd love to have you there as we talk about our life together. Sarasota Young Voices is having a concert this afternoon at three o'clock here in the sanctuary, a little Valentine's Day concert. Uh, you will treat your beloved by bringing that person here with you uh, to this concert this, this afternoon at three o'clock. You can get tickets for $10 underneath the tree or you can buy them at the door, but uh, you will uh, not be disappointed and uh, your beloved will not be disappointed either. So it will be a great gift for you to extend to that person. We would also uh, invite you to give the gift of love to those families that will be residing with us in a couple of weeks, beginning on February the 21st. We begin our Family Promise Week, and this is a chance for us to be a place of hospitality to those who don't have a home. Families will be living with us on our campus over the course of a week, and we would love for, your, uh, for you to help us out. You can find out how you can do that underneath the tree as well, and sign-ups for meals and staying overnight and all the other opportunities to serve these families uh, will be available to you as well. We, uh, most of us know that we are in the midst of our Open Palms uh, campaign, a season of prayer as we consider uh, the next chapter in our church's life. We are expanding our campus and we look ahead to the next step of building the Palm Center, a multi-use facility for our whole church family. And uh, we've been talking about this over the last several weeks and are delighted that uh, many people are talking about it on their own. There's a great buzz about the place, about this great next chapter in our church's ministry. We've been capturing some of these stories as people have been talking about uh, our life together as a church, how they've been drawn here and how they look forward to drawing others onto our campus. And we've caught them on video and uh, we'd love to share with you over the course of this month uh, some of those uh, stories of our church and what we look forward to in the future. So let's go to the videotape. Hello, my name is Gary Buckmeyer and this is my wife, Colleen. We have uh, two daughters, uh, Sophie is 10 and Anna is uh, eight years old. And we've been coming to the Church of the Palms for uh, just over two years. The most obvious thing right off the bat that signaled to us that this was a place 
like what we were looking for was the children's moment during the service. I mean, I actually got choked up the first time we came. It was the children's moment, and I couldn't believe I hadn't seen any children, and then like 40 kids came forward, and it was uh, this wonderful moment. And then it was also a Sunday where Lori was speaking about needing five adults to commit to each teenager who was leaving and going to college. And, and I thought, you know, that's, I'm gonna get choked up again, that's what we need. We need a network, we need people beyond us who see our kids, value our kids, and want to help them grow in their faith. Well, we've seen quite a lot of growth from uh, Sophie and Anna over the last couple of years from this, uh, from our fellowship with the church and the classes they attend and the camps that they go to. So we're just excited about the ongoing uh, future uh, experiences that they have. It's, it's been such a positive aspect in their life, certainly a, a good anchoring point for them and to, uh, to grow and continue to grow. They really got a lot out of, uh, we did one of the overnights for Family Promise and just helping them deepen their understanding about how much more alike we are than not with people who might not have housing or might be in a time of crisis. And um, yeah, there's there have been tangible things that really we can see it all, the pieces coming together beyond Sunday worship. To me, generosity means giving not when you have more than enough. The generosity comes when you open your heart and open your palms and give out anyway. And then, of course, you know, the benefits are reaped by everyone involved because then it comes back tenfold and you've hopefully touched whomever you're interacting with. This campus just isn't for the parishioners, it's for the community to use and to, to come together and to get to know one another and um, so I, I see the need for that to, to enhance the campus to do to do the uh, uh, more effective outreach. And so to really build a place that for generations to come is known as, well, that's where my kid plays basketball, or that's where we meet to do this, or every year they have the this, that will be here long term. Then someone comes and finds a home here and then wants to bring their children. A home to many in lots of different ways and side doors into um, you know, their spiritual journey. Many of you uh, last Sunday took home with you our Open Palms packet and through that you have perhaps learned uh, a lot more about what it is that we're attempting to do here with this next chapter of our church's life. If you've not yet had a chance to uh, review this or haven't received it, um, uh, they are going to be in the mail, but perhaps you might want to even pick one up on your way out the door. They are available in the Northex. And Mar uh, March the 6th will be our Commitment Sunday. It's going to be a time of prayer up until then as we wonder about our own commitments uh, to this very important next chapter of our life. Uh, pledge cards will be sent in the mail in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be continuing to focus uh, our attention on this very important next step. Let's continue our worship. Let us pray. Gracious Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, you have made us for yourself so that our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We praise you, O God, and bless your holy name, for you deserve all honor and glory and praise. 
We are grateful, Lord, that you have redeemed us through the sacrifice of your Son on the cross. We thank you for this church and how you are at work in so many ways in our midst. We ask your blessing upon our ministries and missions here on our campus, in our community, and throughout the world. How we praise and thank you that you have called and gifted each and every one of us to serve you in some way so that we have the incredible blessing of being part of your work in this world, saving the lost, ministering to those in need, and being in a supportive community with one another. How grateful we are that you are leading us in our Open Palms campaign that will enable us to serve even more of your people right here in our own neighborhood. We come to you, O Lord, with the needs of our congregation too, because we believe your promises and we know that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. We ask for your healing hand upon everyone who is ill, for your gracious provision for those with financial needs, your peace and reconciliation for relationships that need mending, and comfort for all those who are grieving or lonely. We thank you for the freedom we have to worship you and pray these prayers publicly, and thank you for the men and women in our military who put their lives on the line to provide this freedom. Please enable them to be a light in dark places and protect them and return them safely to their families. We also pray for our nation and the world. We ask that you establish peace on this earth, especially in Syria, the rest of the Middle East, and Africa, where extreme violence is a daily occurrence. We ask your blessings upon Israel and peace for Jerusalem. Please especially hold fast your people who are in dangerous places where allegiance to Jesus means persecution or death. Help the refugees of Syria and other places who have been forced to flee from their homes and all that they have in order to stay alive. We ask you to intervene in the affairs of our country also, to make it once again a nation whose God is the Lord, a nation who reaches out to alleviate the suffering of others. And let it begin with us. Nick Robertson of CNN compares the Syrian crisis to Sarajevo and wonders where is the world's moral compass? Who will tell the world that it is to be found in your son Jesus Christ if we do not? Jesus said that it is those who do what he teaches that love him. We are so broken and fragile, O oh God, that every one of us needs your help to do that. Please give us strength to make the choice to love and to sacrifice for others when we feel least like doing so. You have set the example in your love for us that you have so richly demonstrated through Jesus Christ, who died that we might live, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us continue our worship with the presentation of our tithes and offerings.
pray. O most merciful and gracious God, from whose open hand we all have received much, we ask you to accept this offering of your people. Remember in your love those who have brought it. Remember also those persons and purposes for which it is given. So follow this sacrifice with your blessing that it may promote peace and goodwill, help those who are in need, and advance the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And now we ask Lori and the children to come forward. Good job. Come up for baptism. This is like our best day because we get a front row seat. So we're going to come sit over here so we can watch the baptism. You turned six today. Happy birthday. That is awesome. always a joy when we have another family before us bringing their children to be baptized. It reminds us again that we are the great covenant family, the family of God, and we always look forward to the time when we uh, adopt into our family uh, more children so that we can continue to grow and as we can continue to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ. So Dave and Michelle Romine are here to uh, bring their boys, Jared and Samuel, to be baptized, and we are grateful for that opportunity. We uh, have that chance to make promises. Uh, these folks will make promises on their son's behalf, and also we will be making promises because we are that covenant family. We know that God has made his covenant with us, and we respond in like making our covenants back to God. And so we get to do this uh, in before God's people and rejoice in the new life that we receive in Jesus Christ. So to that end, I'd like to ask these questions of you, Dave and Michelle, as you bring your boys to be baptized today. Do you reaffirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Do you claim God's covenant promises on your children's behalf, and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation as you do your own? And do you now unreservedly promise and humble reliance upon God's grace to set before Jared and Samuel an example of the new life in Christ? And to you, the members of this congregation, in the name of the whole Church of Christ, do you undertake with these parents the Christian nurture of their children so that in due time they may confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you? We do. And will you endeavor by your example and fellowship to strengthen their ties with the household of God? Will you? We will. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We know that you are a God who reaches out to claim us as your children. We are thankful, Lord, that you claimed us long before even our birth. And we rejoice, O oh Lord, that in this moment of baptism, we can rejoice to know that these two young men will come to know of that grace and come to know that you love them now and will love them forever. So bless us through your Holy Spirit, for we pray it in Christ's name, amen. Jared, Alan, Romine, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Samuel, David, Romine, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, come over here. You know, these two young guys are two little Presbyterians. And they are a part of a small group who can probably say down the road that they remember their baptism. <laughs> and what I want you to remember, the two of you, when you're looking out, as you look out at that big crowd, a lot of people out there, aren't there? That's your cheering section. This is the group of people who are cheering for you from this day forward, that you would know of God's love, that you would know that God is gonna be there with you every step of the way and that God wants the very best out of both of you. So that's the good news. So keep that picture in mind every day of the rest of your life. So great, so on behalf of Family Ministry, of course we want to officially welcome the Romine family into our midst, but we know as Jared's already played Jesus, come on, how much higher can you get? <laughs> These guys are like really involved and have been such a part of the life um, of our church. But you know what's really great is that as a family, they decided this is the time to publicly say yes to God who has claimed their lives all along. And what's really cool is that Jared and Sam are also saying we say yes to God even though we know we've belonged to God this whole entire time. And now we have all just said yes to God. We are gonna come alongside these kids and alongside this family to support them and to encourage them. And you know what, it means that maybe sometimes we go on a camp out and sometimes maybe we do a skit together or we lead a small group. They need us, we need them. So for both of you, there are a couple of devotions that might be appropriate for you to do at home. And for Michelle and Dave, there's the certificates to keep. Congratulations, God bless you, we love you guys. Lord, thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you love these boys. You've loved them from the very start and you'll love them to the very end. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we may always be that cheering section for them, that they would always know that they are never alone, but that you and the family of God will always be with them. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen. You are the man. For us. I love Valentine's Day because I know Miss Carol made us some really cool treats upstairs to talk about God's love and about our love for each other. So we're gonna pray and we're gonna get up there. Let's pray. Gracious God, your love is so big that we can't help but be filled up to the brim with all that love. And Lord, we just ask that you help us to show that love to everyone that we meet and everywhere we go, amen.
You may be seated. We have been taking our journey through the Gospel of Mark as we've been wondering together about God's great story from beginning to end. Today we find ourselves in the 10th chapter of the Gospel, beginning at the 17th verse. Hear the word of God. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went grieving away, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words, but Jesus said to them again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, well, for mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, or children, or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and fields with persecutions as well, and in the age to come, eternal life. Many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. It was a Sunday morning, I was six years old. My father and two brothers and I sat at the breakfast table eating our breakfast lovingly prepared by my mother. As we ate though, we noticed from the kitchen the sound of agitation. Mother was cleaning up pots and pans and they were banging a little loudly. Cabinets were being closed with a little more force And all of a sudden, my father looked at us and said, oh my God, it's Mother's Day. (laughs) We had forgotten. 
Thinking quickly, my father whispered, don't say a word. I think there's a florist down the street. It's open. I'll run and get something. I'll bring it back. We'll give it to her. It'll be fine. But by now, it was not going to be fine. Within minutes, father was back, and by this time, mother had gone upstairs to get ready for church, turning to me, the youngest, the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> he handed me the corsage he had just purchased and said, go upstairs and give this to your mother and tell her, happy Mother's Day. So little six-year-old me walked up the stairs and found mother in the bedroom and extended the corsage to her and said, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Her reply was, too late. <laughs> Take it back. So I turned around and walked back down the stairs, found my father at the bottom of the stairs, handed the corsage to him and said, she doesn't want it. And in a voice that could unfortunately be heard at the top of the stairs where my mother was eavesdropping, my father said, ah, put it in the refrigerator, she'll get over it. <laughs> Not good. Off my father ran to get ready for church. He was the pastor of the church in the middle of town. An hour later, when Mrs. McConnell and her three sons arrived at church, sans corsage, my brothers and I did as we always knew to do, which was to make down the aisle toward the pastor's family pew. This, past, this church had a pastor's family pew where the pastor's family always sat. But before we started down the aisle, my mother said, oh no, we're not sitting there. <laughs> Up in the balcony, boys. So there in the balcony, the pastor's wife, the only mother in the church that appeared without any floral adornments, sat with her family in the back row as far away from their assigned seat as possible. And so now the entire congregation of Highland Presbyterian Church knew that there was trouble in McConnell River City. <laughs> I don't think anyone listened to a word my father said that morning, but I know that everyone had the McConnell family for lunch that afternoon. <laughs> Fast forward to five weeks later, Father's Day. Same breakfast table, but the scene a little different. Beside my father, stacks of gifts. <laughs> stacks of gifts. Mother, on our behalf, had emptied out every men's clothing store in town. Ties, shirts, sweaters, an embarrassment of riches. With every gift he opened, my father got further and further the point. But he didn't completely get the point until he opened the last gift and found inside the box the dead corsage. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a date on the calendar, a particular day, a particular season to grab our attention and to focus uh, us into an inventory of what we really think and really feel. Today is one of those days, right? Valentine's Day. Most of us knew that coming in, that's it's Valentine's Day. Those of us who didn't remember are now thinking very quickly about what they're going to do to remedy their oversight. 
But Valentine's Day, like Mother's Day and Father's Day and Christmas and birthdays, is one of those days on the calendar that grabs our attention and forces us into a quick inventory of what we really think and feel. Valentine's Day, if it is to be anything more than a high-profit day for Hallmark and the local florist, could be one of those days, could be one of those days, that makes us wonder where our hearts are. Could be. Often not. Often days like today are days when we hunt around for the obligatory gesture, the customary corsage that indicates that I at least remembered and that you're on my list and that my heart is with you and here is the Walgreens card and Publix flowers to prove it. But times like these could be much more and sometimes are. Sometimes days like today are days when we take the bait and we ask that raw and honest question of ourselves, where really is my heart? I don't know about you, but it's really not a question I want to spend much time with. At least not really seriously entertain that question. I really don't want to dig, dig deep down past those little tokens and search my soul and get to the bottom of it and to find out where really is my heart. I don't know about you, but I can talk a big game and convince myself that my heart is really here and there when really my heart is there and here. Why just a check of my calendar and checkbook can, wake, can be a wake-up call to where my heart really, really is. Don't you wonder if that isn't what's happening when Jesus and this man were having their conversation? It, I doubt it was any special day on the calendar, no date to warn the man that he had an inventory to make, and, and maybe it's just as well. He didn't really have time to prepare his defense or to come up with some rationalization for his behavior. He just heard that the rabbi was in town, and, and many have been talking of him, and perhaps because he has this nagging question dogging him, this, this question about eternity, eternal life, he figured maybe now was the time to ask. So Mark tells us he ran to the rabbi and knelt before him and asked his question, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, in response, leads him first through the recitation of the commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. You shall not kill. Check. You shall not commit adultery. Check. You shall not bear false witness. Check. You shall not steal. Check. Honor your father and your mother. Check. I've got all the rules right. Jesus, I am respectable. I, I have gone through all the right motions. And Jesus says, yeah, you, you, really, you really have. But there's something about this guy that has made him ask his question. He knows he's been following all the commandments. He knows he's been going through all the motions. He's been bringing to God his Hallmark card and Publix flowers. But there's still something missing. Something isn't quite yet there. If we're talking eternity, he says to himself, well, then heaven's eternity has to be something more than this. Who wants to think that eternal life is just getting the rules right? You've wondered, I imagine, 
the same. You have, I imagine, a time or two in your life, maybe even now, when you've said to yourself, is this it? Is this kind of like where it, where it is? Is this what it's all about? I've worked hard. I played by the rules. I've showed up on time. I've provided for my kids. I have money in the retirement account. I have a roof over my head. I drop a few bills in the plate. I play my rounds at the country club. Is this really what it's all about? Is this the sign of things to come? There's something missing, the man says. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. And Mark says that Jesus loved him. Loved him. Loved him enough to say, you know, what might it mean if you took all your stuff, you know, your stuff, you got lots of stuff, and you sold it. You put it on eBay. And you took all that money from all your stuff and you gave it to the poor. You, you gave it to the homeless kids in Sarasota. You gave it to those folks lined up at the food pantry. You gave it to the migrant workers in Central Florida. You gave it to the Salvation Army. You gave it to those refugees in Eastern Europe. What, what might that mean? to you. Now, you don't have to be a biblical scholar to know that when Jesus wonders with him about this particular way into eternity, this selling every, everything you have and giving it to the poor, this way into eternity, that the man's heart skipped a beat, <laughs> or maybe two beats, or five beats, or a hundred beats. Mark says he was shocked. In the 21st century, he would say that the defibrillator paddles had been put to his chest and Jesus yelled, Claire! And the shock came. And the hope was that the kingdom cardiac rhythm had been implanted. It was Jesus' way of just saying to the man, man, you've been going through all the motions. Yeah, you've been playing by all the rules, but your heart isn't into it. Your heart hasn't skipped a beat. Your breath isn't being taken away. Let's shock that heart. Let's have you do something so way out there that your heart is pounding and you feel like you're starting to hyperventilate. It's Jesus' way, isn't it, of just asking, where really is your heart? And the answer that the man avoids answering is that honest engine, my heart really isn't into it. If it's into anything, it really is into all that stuff. And Jesus knows, and the man knows too, that he can't take all that stuff with him. <laughs> Follow me, Jesus says. And the man says, but, but what about the stuff? No, no, follow me, he says. And the man realizes it's Valentine's Day. And he thought the corsage would do. But Jesus is talking about something far deeper. Something much more heart-pounding. When I 
wrote my first check for my daughter's college tuition. It took my breath away. I'm not sure I'd ever written a bigger check. And I'm not sure I've had a deeper satisfaction. I was getting to provide for my daughter's education and my heart was so there. I could feel it pounding. Do you know what I'm talking about? This wasn't a greeting card. This was real, as were the next payments and the next payments and the next payments for four years. And I'll never see that money again, but when I saw that young woman in black gown and border board processed down that aisle to pomp and circumstance, I've never been happier about money that wasn't in my hand. It went to where my heart was. And wasn't that the joy that Jesus was trying to point that man to? Not many of you know that tucked away on one of my bookshelves in my office is one of my secret treasures, one of my pride and joys. It's what they call a collectible. It's a first edition copy of C.S. Lewis's, one of C.S. Lewis's books signed no less by the author. I don't have many sentimental treasures, but this is one. This is the thing. It's wrapped up in bubble wrap and seldom taken off the shelf and shown out of fear that it might be mishandled by somebody else. It's worth a decent amount of money and holds an even greater sentimental value. But in the end, it's a thing. It's just stuff. And so I sat in my office a few weeks ago wondering about what this church was challenging me to do when I think about the next chapter of our church's life, this next great opportunity, and all of a sudden my eyes landed on that book. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not the book. And I felt my heart rate go up and my breaths grow deeper and then I just put it aside. And then after a few days, it dawned on me, duh. Didn't Jesus say that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also? Duh. My heart was on the shelf. Literally on the shelf. What a terrible place to leave your heart. And my church has reminded me that it's Valentine's Day. A time to ask where your heart is. And the truth is, part of my heart had been on the shelf. And soon, by God's good grace, it will no longer be. And no gift I've ever given will feel better. We've all heard the story about the father and son on their way to church and the father hands his son a quarter and a dime and he tells him that he can choose which one of those two coins he, could, he would put in the offering plate. So the time came for the offering to go by and it went past the boy and the father looked out of the corner of his eye and the boy put into the plate the dime. And after the service was over, the father asked the son why he had chosen to put in the dime instead of the quarter. 
And the boy replied, well, when the Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and I figured I'd be a lot more cheerful if I put in the dime than the quarter. <laughs> and if we were honest with ourselves, we might find that that makes a lot of sense. But then the rabbi comes to town. The Messiah comes to town. And with all our wonderment about the meaning of life and what is this all about and is this all there is, he asks us the question, maybe the question we'd rather not be asked. Where is your heart? With the question, the shock. And with the shock, perhaps the joy.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Hello, my name is Gary Buckmeyer, and this is my wife, Colleen. 